Welcome, welcome, welcome to Envisioning Her podcast. Happy Women's Month to everyone tuning in. I'm so happy that you guys have had a chance to come in and support me on my podcast journey. Welcome to season three, quarter one. We're going to be having a series on biblical women. And today I have a guest with me. Her name is Minister Kristen Laurie. Kristen and I met each other at school. We both attend Oral Roberts University where we're pursuing our uh, degrees. And I just have her on the show as a guest. So Kristen, would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself so the listeners can get a feel of who you are? Yes, absolutely. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am Minister Lori. I am a mother. I'm an author, licensed minister, a certified life coach, and business mentor. I have a YouTube ministry called Anointed with Power Ministry and uh, Ministries, and we have almost 16,000 subscribers, and we have small groups and events and different things to help rebuild the believers foundation to help emerge them as leaders into the body of christ awesome 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 thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate your presence here thank you you're welcome without any further delay let's get into a word of prayer before we start Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time, for this moment, for this season, for this opportunity, Father God, that you have given to us as a gift. We thank you, O God, for who you are. We thank you, O God, for giving us your only begotten Son, Father God, that we may have opportunity to live and to be in you, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that we did not perish because of our sins, Lord God, but you have made a way for us, O God, to live and to live eternally, Lord God. As we embark on this journey, Father God, with a biblical woman in this series, Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit would take over. Take over our lips, O God, in the name of Jesus. Take over our thoughts, O God. Less of us and more of you on this podcast. Do what you want us to do in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father God, lifting up Minister Kristen Laurie, Father God, thanking you for her presence on this show. I pray, Father God, for her ministry, Lord God, that she would continue to cause it to grow, Father God, that you would take her from level to level exponentially, O God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, inviting you into this atmosphere, into this room, Father God, as we commune, as we speak about these biblical women, Father God. May you give us utterance, O oh God. Let our tongues be the tongues of a ready writer in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would draw women from far and near, O oh God, to learn, O oh God, from your word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. I'm so excited about this particular series because I've been waiting to do it for so long. I've been having the prompting in my spirit to, you know, speak about biblical women and their characters and things that we can learn from who they are and what they did. So without any further delay, we're going to be going into the book of Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4. We're talking about the widow's offering. And I'm just going to read the scripture because I want the listeners to get a feel of what we're speaking about. So the widow's offering, Luke 21 verses 1 to 4. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more 
than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Amen. Amen. What can we learn about the widow here? So, first of all, one of the things that stood out about this widow was the fact that, number one, she was by herself. As we all know, being a widow means basically that you've lost your husband. So, already we see that she's a woman that's had a harsh time in this land. She's probably a woman that became selfless. There's just something that happens to you when you've gone through like some type of crisis in your life. It kind of makes your heart softer towards people. It kind of makes you understand where people are coming from. And I believe this widow, her heart was open to God. God said in his word that he would be a father to the fatherless. And in this situation, God became her husband. So her heart was open to him and she gave the last that she had compared to all the people that were there. When we talk about her in comparison to people that were there, we're hearing about rich people. And these rich people gave out of their abundance. So when you give out of your abundance, it doesn't make much of a difference because you're giving out of something that you have excess of. But when you only have a little to give and you give that what you have, it speaks much more. So with that said, Kristen, do you have any thoughts on the widow? Yeah, you know, I like how you talked about, you know, how this woman, she was, you know, a widow. She was alone and she was like, you know, in mourning. But sometimes it could be the opposite, right? When you're in a state of mourning or you've lost your spouse, you could be hardened. You could be a shut-in. Definitely. You could not to give. But instead, she chose to support the temple. She, she chose to, you know, honor God, to honor his people and to give out of the little that she had. And to me, that's amazing because she could have been the complete opposite. Like, I don't want any parts of the world. I'm done. But she never lost hope of the God inside of her and gave from what little she had. Right, right. And this makes me think about something my pastor always brings up. And he says, what will you do with the problem that you face? Will you be the sponge that soaks up all the negative energy? Or will you be the sponge that lets out positive energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I like that, you know, and, and I, o- I also think that this is a great example for believers who have a problem with tithing, mm. who have a problem supporting their local church and other ministries because this woman specifically she supported this temple and i feel like as believers we need to learn god's principles we need to learn the importance of tithing and offering and giving and not just financially but with our time serving being a christian is about serving you know so serving others and brethren so this is a great example of how we need to step it up in the body of christ in the church when it comes to giving and supporting our local body amen and that actually makes me think of something that i saw on facebook earlier somebody had made a post and they said something along the lines of church people basically calling it faith when you're giving your last And I just couldn't help but just like look at how ignorant the comment was because have you ever been in a place where you have given your all and God has visited you in such a magnificent way? 
I've been through that so many times. And I think that a lot of people that don't truly understand the uh, principle of giving, they kind of struggle with the concept of what it actually means in its mm-hmm. entirety and in its truth. Yes, absolutely. And being called to be a kingdom entrepreneur because I have a business where I help other believers who have businesses, God has definitely placed a huge emphasis on tithing, giving. My money is to be, it's allocated by God. He tells me how to spend it, who to give it to. He has made it known. If I'm blessing you with this business, you're going to have to learn how to be financially responsible. And you're going to have to give to whom I tell you to give to. Because this is a a flourishing system here where you pour out to somebody else. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes. And with that said, to my listeners, if you haven't already, I have a great podcast on stewardship. And I just talk about stewarding your finances. So that's like another great episode that you can listen to. I also have an expense sheet on envisioningher.com that will help you to become a good steward. So go on there, get it. It's free. It's a PDF and it's free. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, she was completely selfless. So I want to take a pause right here. And I just have three questions in total, but I would like to ask you one question for this mini break. The question is, if you could give all human beings one virtue, which would you choose? Mm. I would say compassion. Mm. I know, you know, love is important and patience is important. You know, um, respect is important. But compassion is something that I feel like as a, as, a, as a world, as humans, we lack. We lack compassion for other people. We get up and we don't think what that person had to go through to get to their job. Right. We don't think of... You know, like that person mm. could have just somebody, they could have just, you know, barely holding it together, but they made it to church. They mm-hmm. made it to their job, right? They yep. made it to college. They made it to class. You don't know what that person has been through. Yes. And that's where that compassion comes in because it'll help us to understand other people's plights and we'd have more respect. Yes. This actually makes me think of the book that we read in our first semester at ORU. It's called... Mm-hmm. The Ultimate Voice by Oral Roberts. And he spoke about how God told him that in order for him to minister in the area of healing, that he would have to become compassionate. Because in order for you to even understand anyone, you have to put yourself in their shoes. And the only way you can do that is by becoming compassionate. Mm-hmm. So it, it reminds me a lot about uh, Oral Roberts. And also, one of the things that I notice about minister in the area of healing is that they've had a burden So God puts them in a place where they become compassionate and soft and they begin to understand what other people are going through. Yes, absolutely. So for me, I would say I would give all humans love. If all humans treated their brethren like they would treat their self, then I believe we would come a long way in this world, in this society, and we would care about how we treat each other. So, and that's one of the acts that God showed to us in giving us his only begotten son. It's mm-hmm. the love of God that caused him mm-hmm. to do that. Yes. So how, how many of us can give something so valuable to God? And that brings us back to the widow. Yes. This widow gave of what she had. And this also makes me think about the widow. And I don't want to misquote, but I remember there was a widow she had one 
barrel in her house. And I believe the prophet came to her house and she was like, you know what? We're just going to eat this last that we have and we're going to die. But even though she felt hopeless, she gave her last and Mm -hmm. her her son lived and Mm -hmm. she had way more. She couldn't even contain what the Lord had given her. So that just goes to show you when you become compassionate and when your heart is full of God, you're willing to give what you have. And sometimes people give because of what they can get back. And that's not the type of heart that we have to have. We have to give knowing that God will take care of us tomorrow. Yes. Amen. It says in the word of God, are two birds sold for a farthing and God does not know if he can dress the lilies. How much more not us as his children? Absolutely. Absolutely. So this tells us about her character. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, I was going to say God honors a cheerful giver. So you mentioned it, you know, making sure you give with with the appropriate, you know, motive, making Mm -hmm. sure your heart is postured in your giving, in your serving, because God knows when you're just going along with the get along right you're just right. just on cruise control and many of us today we're just on cruise control when it comes to our worship when it comes to our intimacy with him when it comes to the things that he's asking us to do god is saying get out of cruise control and tap mm. into your purpose yes. do what he's calling to do do what he's calling you to do get away mm. from the distractions get away from the naysayers mm. don't let people tear you down don't let them bring you down because there's a purpose that he put inside of you that he needs you to release yeah. Give birth, birth it out in the name of Jesus. Flow, 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 flow. <laughs> yes. yes, I felt that. That's truly, truly, truly important. What is your heart's posture before mm-hmm. God? How are mm-hmm. you coming to God? Maybe it may be that somebody that has experienced a, a situation where they haven't received anything back. Maybe you didn't come with your heart's posture. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So if we Amen. be, yeah. Yes. Yep. And that's why God said, you know, don't fast like, you know, the people in the Bible who was fasting just to, you know, look the part, looking all, you know, frail and all just God said, no, do it in silence, do it in private, because then I know you're doing this for me. Mm. When you get to others, don't go blabbering to the world, do it in private. Because then I know you're not doing this to showboat. You're not doing this to gloat. You're doing this mm-hmm. to honor me because I'm telling you to give to that person and that person. Mm-hmm. So your heart posture is always important in yes. every aspect of your life, your ministry, your relationship, your business, etc. Amen. 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 Your heart's posture is very important. So I'm going to take a little break again and we're going to go into our second question. Our second question is what woman's health issue would you most like to spread awareness about? Mm, That's a good one. So when we were talking previously about the first question, I kind of thought about this question because we talked about the ministry of healing, right? So Mm -hmm. I have a healing and deliverance ministry and I can totally relate to what you were saying about, you know, being in those shoes to have that compassion because I have endometriosis. Mm -hmm. So endometriosis would be that, illness that disease that i would want to spread more on because it's Mm -hmm. silent it Mm -hmm. it prevents women from having babies it's painful during intercourse Mm -hmm. you know your periods are terrible and it's something that the the doctors they like to 
challenge you. Mm-hmm. They like to make you think, oh, well, we'll just give you some birth control. I had mm-hmm. to go through multiple gynecologists until God placed the right one in my life. I had Jesus. to wait for her to come off of maternity leave. God said, you wow. gotta wait for the right one. And she came, and I'm telling you, God is so good that he put this particular medication uh, before my eyes years prior, mm-hmm. okay? And when she, as soon as she became my gynecologist, that medication was the first one that she recommended and it brought it back to me years prior and I said yes and literally within three weeks I felt the difference God said one day I'm going to heal you from this but this is just this is temporary relief so you could get through your day to day but you just keep hope alive you keep trusting me and believing me because it's going to come but I need you to help other women and let them know that if I can do it for you I can do it for them amen oh my god thank you so much for being vulnerable, for sharing with us your issue on endometriosis. Thank you for making us aware of what is actually going on. There's so many women out there that are struggling. And sometimes when you don't have anybody to say, oh, this is what I went through, it's like hard for you to like assimilate or show your compassion. So thank you for that. And yeah, that brings me to an issue that was very prevalent to me. Actually... There was a woman in my town, she had went to Women and Infants Hospital and she was pregnant. And I remember she was actually texting or entering a comment or something of the sort on Facebook. And she was just talking about how she was feeling and she was talking about her stomach feeling hard and things like that. And it came to the point where she said that she feels like she's dying and she was writing all this on Facebook and she actually died. Oh my goodness. So it's like a lot of, especially minority women, they're not taken seriously when it comes to their level of pain. I think their level of pain is overlooked. So these are some of the health issues that I would like to change, that I would like to bring light to. So that's about it. And then I'm just going to jump into our last question. What common misconception about women would you most like to change? That's a good one. I think the fact that we have to choose... The fact that we choose whether it's to be a wife, whether it's to be a boss lady, Mm. to be free. No, you can do it all. You'll have to find your rhythm. Of course, you'll have to rely on God to give you the grace and to tell you to put something, pick something up or put it down or rotate or a good strategy. But as long as you have a good supportive husband behind you, a good supportive team, Mm -hmm. you trust your God, you seek him for strategy. Honey, you can do it all. You can do anything that you put your mind to. Nothing is impossible (laughs) with God. Amen. And I love that you said that because a lot of women tend to lean on the fact that, oh, right now I'm doing this, so I can't do that. I'm pregnant. I can't do this. But currently in the church that I'm a member of, the first lady is big on working. She doesn't give excuses that she's pregnant. She doesn't give excuses that she has five children. She doesn't give excuses that she has to travel. She still, like, she operates in her grace, basically. She operates in the grace that God gave her. And I believe for every woman listening to this, there's a grace that God has released into your life to be able to operate and do the things that he has called you to do. So there's really no excuse for us. We just need to expand ourselves. We just need to stretch ourselves to get to that level. And even at me, as I'm speaking right now, I don't have it all together. I'm still getting there. I'm still learning how to stretch. 
I'm still learning how to be consistent in prayer and things like that. So it's not something that will happen overnight, but as you take steps there, you'll eventually attain where it is that you want to be. And that's, that's what envisioning her is about. Who do you see her to be? Yes, yes, absolutely. I love everything that you just said right there. 2022 is a year of stretching. It's the year of stretching. God said, you've got to stretch it this year. If you're in the Bible two times a week, step it up to four times a week. Mm. If you know that you're not disciplined, girl, get that, get that, um, you know, go ahead and get your, your flyer out. Go ahead and do your to-do list. Go ahead and, and get that discipline on because it's about stretching it, stretch it, stretch your giving, stretch your tithing, stretch your connections, stretch it. Even if it's uncomfortable, stretch it. This is the Wretch. And God said, be faithful over the little things so I can bless you with the greater things. Amen. 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 That was powerful. That was so powerful. I'm glad you're flown in your gift. I really felt that. So as we draw to a close, I would just like to say a big, huge thank you to Minister Kristen Laurie. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. I appreciate you being here. Any last words, any advice or anything? Yes. You know, I just want to say your scars don't define you. As a woman, your scars, your trauma, your past, it does not define you. So don't stay stuck in it. The enemy would have you to stay stuck in that place of unworthiness. Hmm. I am not pretty. How, God, how could you use me? I'm not smart enough. That's the chatter of the enemy. Just remember your scars do not define you. If anything, God is using your scars to give you beauty for your ashes. If anything, God is using what you've been through to allow you to minister to other women who are going through hell, but because he brought you out of it, you could be a testimony that if he could do it for you, he can do it for them. Your, your, Your trauma makes you unique. It makes you who you are. Be authentic. God said, be authentic in this hour because when you're authentic, your tribe will find you. Mm. Your people will find you. When you acting like somebody else, then God can't really do it because you're not operating in the gifts he gave you, the authenticity he gave you, the character he gave you, the pain you went through. Oh, yeah, listen, I'm going to talk about it. I've been through some things. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to lie about what I've been through. I don't want to be like Stephanie or Carol. I want to be Kristen Laurie because when you are authentic, God will send you your people, provision, divine connection, and ultimately your Boaz. Hallelujah. Oh, she's on fire. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was very, 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 very powerful. Yes. So with that said, be you. Be your authentic self. In this Women's Month, we're doing a biblical series on biblical women. Continue to stay tuned. I want to thank all of my listeners. Thank you so much for just continuing to show me that support. And I am out. Bye.